Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast between the intersection of humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I am here with Susan. Hey, Susan. Hi, Guthrie. How are you? Uh, I am doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Um, so this is going to be our uh, third try with new audio setups. So yeah. we're, we're, I think we're honing in here. Uh, you think I we got may, a new mic? We're, we're get, we will at least have an improvement. Oh man, I certainly hope so. I have a new <laughs> mic. You have a new mic. Uh, we we're dialing in on the on the settings. Yeah. So I really think we're going to get there. All um, right. This is this is my hope. Uh, and of course, watch like this one. Like we're both like. I hope not. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, shall we get to today's topic? Yeah. Okay. So uh, today's topic is another. It, it's a. It's a. It's sort of a futury topic. It. It is. It is both future and ancient at the same time. Uh, that sort of fantastic mystical combination. It's like okay. um. It's like the Mayan calendar. Like it's ancient, but it's also about the future. Remember the Mayan calendar with the twelve thousand years and like mm, the end of the cycle. Not really. That was like a big deal a couple years ago. Anyways, uh, so to, <laughs> today's topic is designing for physical space versus designing for digital space. Is it designing for physical and digital together? Um, I will let you. Maybe we can go there. You'll judge of that. Decide if we're going to if go that's there. Okay. if that's what you want to do. Okay. Yeah. So so the premise is it goes as follows. Before digital space, we were designing for physical space. Yeah. Because there was no digital space. Oh yeah, you got hey, it. Hey, how am I doing? I'm You're doing, doing great. Okay one so for one. Far. Okay. Yeah. So especially since I would say 2000, when the amount of time that we spent in digitals because before there were digital things there was radio and tv but you didn't really have to design for those spaces people were just in were watching tv like they were yeah, watching a window yeah, the but they weren't really interacting yeah. with a tele with like a with the tv show the way you would interact with a website right. or software so right. starting in the 2000s the amount of design that had to go into digital spaces sort of went off on this trajectory and that was the future and uh, you know the cyberspace and the world wide web and that moved directly into uh social media and you had all this money 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 in um digital products goods and services uh google meta apple um i would you say that the what percentage of UXers or designers that will broaden out to the broader design community are employed doing digital work these days? You mean if you look at the total percent, so total percent of in the U.S. We'll just say in the design space. And I don't have the answer. This is this is sort of yours. Yeah, of I guess. mean, I would say. So even if you work in healthcare, but you're working on a website or a login or health portal or that all counts as digital um, it's definitely large it's maybe dropping from well the not i just but well okay okay i mean i think i i'm this is a wild guess i'm gonna say 80 percent of of ux work is done designing the user experience of things in the digital realm Okay. 
So a really, really high, really high number. Really high, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, as of what, 30 years ago, that number was like 5%, 10%, 1%. No, I'm going to totally disagree with what you're saying. So this is interesting. So first of all, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, there's some, there's some, no, 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 yeah, but, but, but I, I have a little different view of the, you know, because when I didn't stop you when you made your first statement, Uh which was, you know, a switch in the early 2000s. Um, because I wanted to, because I didn't want to interrupt you yet, but, um, if we, if we go back to the 1980s and the 1990s, um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of work in the digital space, but it was only at work. Okay. So, so. Oh, I see. Because the first digital design of computer software was occurring. Yeah, I mean, the the whole field of UX, which wasn't called UX back then, but the whole field of how do you design software so that it is easy to use, you know, that was going on in the 80s and the 90s. But it would have been mainly going on at work because you had... Well, hold on, hold on. Because I'm yeah. not talking about no. Now we're getting if we're if we're going if we're going back in the day, we have to go back in the day, and it's not just UX. You also have to include all the people who are doing ergonomics, all the people who are doing uh, like physical yeah, sort of and design. There were, okay, yes, there were a lot of there were a lot of people doing um, human factors work. Yeah, that goes back to like the 1940s. No, there weren't a lot. There were a few people doing human factors work in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, but there were a lot of people the, doing physical product design. There were. There were. Um, not as many as are now doing UX in general, like, but yes. there were people doing that work yes. for sure. And then in the 80s and 90s, um, so if we looked at, okay, I see what you're saying. So if we look at the the not, the percentage of people doing um, digital design who were in the field of design in general. Well, I'm, probably. I'm just opening it up to what, what we're calling the broader design community. Yeah. 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 So that, I you would, know, yeah, I, I, what does that so it was very include? small. So let's say 20% of the people in the 1980s and 1990s that were doing design were doing digital design. In your defense, uh, you know, there, there were, there were a lot of work, programs that were happening there was you know um it, it, uh there was sort of writing software you could do on computers and there, there were, was a lot of a lot of know, spreadsheet stuff spreadsheet stuff business, database business um, things database data analysis i mean that's what was was any design actually going through that or was it just raw coding i mean i know when you code no 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 there was software design. so back on like no there was design i mean you know, it power power PC stuff. Look, the 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 course, the first usability course I ever taught. Also, not fair because you were so ahead of the field. Well, no, but it was. I mean, yes. There, so there weren't a lot of people doing this, but there <laughs> were some, and it was called how to 
I got to remember how to design effective CRT screens. Yeah. So, but they were programmers who took the course. So there weren't UX specialists. There were there were a handful of UX. And by specialists. screens, you mean I mean, and how to display data. On yeah, the how screen. to display data? Because there weren't and GUIs. There were not GUIs. At this time, These were right? Chewies. Chewies, yes. Character user interfaces, yes. Chewies. So I guess I guess you're right. There is some uh, design that needs to go into even in a very simple. I mean, think of a Chewy old, you know, four thousand well, dollar personal were computer. Complicated screens, you know. This was, yeah, there's um, software and data and inventory. You, know, you got to bring up the customer record and, and all the oh, orders, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, it yeah. it was ugly, but it, but actually, be, in some ways, because you did not have graphical user interface, you had to pay attention to, to design. Uh, it was very overwhelming for the users to have to try and make their way through these screens, you know, professionals, you mean menus and all of that. So, um, yeah, anyway, but it was, yeah, it was a smaller number. And then of course, you know, digital products increased. And as you said, suddenly, you know, there were all these digital products and there were social media and there were websites and there were, you know, the apps on phones and, and then, you know, that's when we saw the explosion of the field of user experience. Okay. So I guess, I guess I will back off a little bit insofar as there was probably more of this work going on. Um, than you imagined. Than I imagined. But as, but if you, but if you think about in a, you know, uh, uh, there was a time when you worked for the Gillette corporation there was that was my first corporate job first corporate job what percentage of the at that time of the corporate spend was of the gillette corporation at the time was going into like digital stuff i have no idea um i really don't know some they were a big company there was some but i can tell you that all the you know i i worked in the um I was a, my, my official job title was credit and collections correspondent, <laughs> CCC. So it was my job to find out why Kmart, if anybody remembers Kmart, why Kmart was not paying their $1 million invoice for Gillette razor blades. Uh, and it was because, by the way, the truck had been hijacked. And you probably don't remember, well, you weren't around back then, but you may not have even known that there was this issue. I don't even know if I want to tell you what decade I'm talking about. There was this issue where um, as part of some kind of political statement, people were hijacking trucks, double tractor trailer trucks on highways in America. I, nobody remember, nobody knows about this. This would happen periodically. There'd be a, a truck would get hijacked and, and it wasn't just to steal the razor blades and resell them. It wasn't like a criminal thing. It was, it was some kind of political statement. I, I don't even remember uh, to tell you the truth. Anyway, Marxists this would happen. Marxists have beards. 
If we uh, and, if we destroy America's capacity no, to have no, a good no. shape, it wasn't no, 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 we'll, it wasn't we'll start the Marxist revolution. <laughs> it wasn't political about the razor, razor blades. blades. This was a, a corporate thing. <laughs> they would hijack yeah, sure. corporate trucks. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, this was going on. Anyway, Boy, that we've, was my... we've gotten far afield. Huh? Okay, I'm going to come back. So I worked in the in that department, and the department next to me was bookkeeping. Right. And bookkeeping was a very large room. It looked like a big classroom, and there were 60 um, people, most of them like middle-aged women, sitting at desks like in the school, and, and they had adding machines. So it was a really, it was really noisy when you walked by there because it was like click, 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 you know, 60 people. Well, you don't know. Adding machines made clicking noises because they were not digital. And so they would type in the number, and then they'd pull a lever, for the uh, f- for the kids out there who don't know, um, <laughs> you should you know that the original computers were basically Humans. well no 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 the ori- the original mechanical computers yeah right there was that was it Babbage uh, yes. in in England and yes. they're really cool devices with all these gears and levers and stuff yeah, it, yeah. and when. When not digital. You're doing physical logic. So yes. when you press the button or like pull the and lever. And then pull the lever. Pull the would, lever. Gears would turn and it would Depending on answer. which the, when you type in like one plus one, the one would change the gears in a certain way. That's and the right. plus would change the, you know, shaft in a certain way. And your plus would, one would do the other thing. And then you pull it and it go. So what I'm telling you is spit out that the, the entire answer. bookkeeping department for the Gillette Corporation, I worked in headquarters in Boston in a high rise, was all being done manually. And yeah. I'll tell you one more thing, was, which was when we went in my job, when we, we had to go investigate why a particular invoice wasn't being paid and what was the invoice and what items were on it, we went we went literally to a few floors up from where I worked to uh, the entire floor was called central records. And you would go to a desk and you would say, I need to see the K file. Okay. And they would bring you this big box, which was the file of all the customers that, that were being directly invoiced by Gillette, who's, name started with K because that's where Kmart would be. And you would leaf through the physical paper invoices that had been typed because there were no, all customer records, all invoices, all sales were not computerized. Okay. So think of the incredible design that had to go into systems it was physical systems it was fun so when so okay so when so no no actually i want to mention most of the ux work being done originally back then in computer human interaction um was the digital design of manual processes not the redesign of digital processes right but there, these were most of the work that was being done were things that had Digi- never digitizing been, records. Ne- these things had never been. Not only were the records being digitized, but the process, for instance, for creating an invoice and sending it to the customer, it had never been digital. It had been. So we used to talk about, you know, I mean, it was a big. I would say, 
you know, most of the work that we did in, as UX professionals in that field back then was helping to de- design a digital process from a manual process. So I I just want to, this is this is great. Thank you for that context. And we finally got to where I wanted to, to Sorry get to. Sorry it took so long. I, I, have I, I just had fun. to go back a couple, I had to walk even a couple down further. Memory lane. Yeah, a couple for decades further. I yes. said, I said, what is thirty years, forty years? I really meant like sixty years. Stop! It wasn't that long. Ago. I was not doing no, this no, work but like, but like I had ago. to go even before personal computers to get to yes. like really yes. the where where we That's had a right. lot of physical design. Right, right, right. Um, I just I I said that the tech that I was thinking consumer side, right. but you're totally right, right. But on the business side, people yep. were working on things. So, um, the 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 basically the premise goes like this. There, there has, there was a tremendous amount of effort, ingenuity, work, money, capital, um, processes, experimentation done with designing in physical space. That is, that's like just like a thing that I think we as a society took for granted. Uh, how well a desk works, how well drawers work, the layout mm-hmm. of an office building, mm-hmm. the installation of lights in a ceiling, mm-hmm. the, a light switch, a toaster, mm-hmm. um, the stove, all these things that are maybe probably the the complicated things that have just been designed incredibly, incredibly well. And it took, in some cases, hundreds of years and thousands of people and all this money and time capital. And so we have been coasting, I think, as a society on this really, all this really good physical design work that happened up through the 60s and 70s. And then what happened is all the best and brightest minds and all the money and all the capital and all the fun, you know, sexy work stopped going to physical design and all went into digital design. And so the last I mean, yeah, you want to say 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, whatever the line is, there's been this slow progression where we've been hammering out really good polished digital design. And one could argue if that really has been the case. But certainly if you look over the grand scheme of a website login compared to, you know, 1998, we have certainly come a long way since as far as sophistication and uh, complicated flows and layouts and like you know using like playing a video game is just like it's 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 there are a lot of um i guess i would say uh the uh, creature comforts that exist that make life easier now some of that complication has made things worse you know but some but a lot of it um has has allowed more more sophisticated uh, things to happen in the digital space Meanwhile, uh, I think we've, I think there's been a kind of a stagnation of good design in the physical space. I recall recently, I, uh, for, for my office, I got a new desk, you know, and I assembled it and it was like well-made. It's just like a standing desk with like, it's got motors and things and steel and brackets and, and like it w- it's well-made and really well-designed you know, um, the way they design the the channels for the cable management. There are whole, there are cutout holes that you're like, why is there a hole here? And then when you're actually running the cables through, sometimes you just need to loop it one time through so that it stays in place. And there was a little hole for that. So like, like you know, someone had done a good job thinking of things and having a really good 
uh, design in a physical space with physical objects. And that's such a breath of fresh air because I think there's so much um, mediocre design, copycat design um, in the physical space that it's fine. It's not that great. It's whatever. Or it's basically the same good design that we've been coasting on since the 70s and 80s. You know, like fundamentally a lot of our, uh, you know, cables, power switches, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of the same or it's a slight derivative of, of it. So this this all brings me now, of course, to a topic we've talked about before, which is knobs. We've talked about knobs. We've talked about buttons. Uh, and uh, the uh, knobs are becoming, knobs and buttons are now premium. You know, so like if you're in a car, the cheap car now has the all we you know a couple of years ago it was like well the expensive concept car is all only it's only screens everywhere you know and it's because tesla put a big screen and everyone's like we gotta have screens everywhere and now it's like actually no 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 the, the high look at this look at this car it's got knobs everywhere it's got buttons physical buttons wow what a what a thing so i do think that there is um maybe some companies are realizing that there's an underserved market in designing in physical space. I think there are certainly when you talk about AR potential for various things or the interaction between physical, digital and physical spaces, um, there is an appreciation of design in a physical space. So the the question for for this, the, the, it's a very long preamble. <laughs> a very long introduction. Very the long preamble. Is, we finally got to it, yeah. Question is, um, should, should we expect a new renaissance in designing for a physical space? Because I think there's an entire generation of UXers or just the brighter designers who've never, except maybe in college, like once or twice, have never designed a physical product, never worked on an application that was actually designing for a physical process, things in a physical space, you know, people at a desk, uh, you know, a room full of people with little machines and walking around in corridors and stuff. And there are certainly pe people who are specialists who do, uh, uh, you know, I don't, wh what's it called? It's not interior design, but, you know, like in an office building, like in a foyer, the foyer of an office building where like paths and routes and so, you know, we're going to put the, put a statue here so that like, it directs people around. And, you know, there are, there are people who are sort of specialists in that kind of, kind of thing. And if you look at like a new development, you know, there'll be like a courtyard with a, this, and it's all designed with people in mind so that the, your, your routing and views and whatever. Um, but, but I would say that's, those people are, that's not like, you know, that, that's sort of a niche. Um, and so the question is, are we losing something? Are, are there are there important skills that are really valuable that we took for granted as a society or as a design community that are being lost because no one because a a much much smaller percentage of people have been designing in physical space for so long we've sort of forgotten how to do it or the people who had those skills have sort of retired out of the workforce. And is this a problem? Wow. That's a complicated question. And I mean, not only did it take us 20 minutes to get to it, it took you like 
five minutes to ask the question. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to unpack it a little bit. So first uh -huh. of all, there is, a, you know, as you've kind of alluded to, a really big body of knowledge around designed for physical space. And, you know, what's that called? I mean, in some places it, it might be called industrial design in some, mm -hmm. or you might think of it as ergonomics, or you might think of it as human factors design. Um, I don't think we'll, I mean, I'm hoping we don't lose the body of knowledge. It's an interesting question. I, I, it makes me want to go look up a particular book that I might not have on my shelf anymore, um, which, uh, and I can't remember the name of, so now I'm going to have to go look find it. It's been lost. All the knowledge no, has been no, lost. I it's not on people's shelves. The book is like, um, <laughs> it's like four inches thick. <laughs> uh, and now I want to go look up the name. So maybe at some point you should go talk a bunch and I'll go look it up. And, and it, it's, it's such, it's a great book. I mean, I used to just open it and just leaf through it. It was so entertaining and it had all the, all these all this knowledge and all these statistics. Okay. So what is the average, um, span of a human hand in the palm? That's great. For, uh, men, women, people of different ages, people in Asia versus people in the U S. So, because if you're designing something that people are going to grab, you know, and then just like something big that they have to grab and turn with their whole hand. What, how should, how wide, how wide should it be? Right. How, how big are human hands? I mean, it, and so that was like one data point and this book just went on forever. You know, how high can people reach? Uh, how much can they move their thumbs or their little finger? I mean, it just went on and on hands, arms, head turns, it was great stuff. And, and you, you know, you didn't need to have that all memorized, but you needed to have some experience of how to put that into action. Like you said, training in school, and you had to know where to go find the information. And, and there was this one book that was like the book that every, everybody who did that kind of design would have on their bookshelf. So I think there's a body of knowledge. I hope it doesn't get lost. Um, you know, I hope it, it's still out there because it was based on, you know, a lot of scientific measurement, um, of the human body and the way it works. Um, so I don't think the, I don't think the body of knowledge will disappear. I do think you're right. I think there are some programs, some very few bachelor's, probably much more master's programs that teach this, or at least teach it a little bit. I'm sure the numbers of people going through those programs is getting small. And I guess, you know, there's a danger that the program, you know, if not enough people enroll, then they'll stop offering that degree. Um, so that, it, that probably is somewhat of a danger. Um, I think there is a tendency to, uh, as I think there is even in digital, in the digital design world to, okay, well, you know, no, because of our supply chain, we're going to have it built here. And because we're building it here, we're not going to worry about all those things and just build this generic version of it. And don't worry about the human factors aspects of it. And I think that's why we see so many products that you would call, I think, a three poorly designed 
from a physical viewpoint. And that's probably going to continue. I think that's well, actually true. Of the what's particularly viewpoint. bad, I find. Yeah. yeah. And this is, this is, I find this very interesting. The worst physical design that mm-hmm. I usually see. Yeah. If it's a product that's only physical, it is usually pretty good. Like there are industrial engineers who are doing a good job designing these things. But if it's a, and if it's a fully digital product, it's kind of hit or miss. But it's usually like, I mean, what it's usually whatever, okay. Where things get really, really bad is whenever there's a product that has digital design and physical design in the same in the same so place. You're, for uh, for example, are you talking about- And a phone about- isn't, I'm not really talking about a phone because everyone's just copying Apple and they did a good job the first time. But also, there's there's actually very little physical design. I know there's a ton, there's literally a ton. But there's actually very little design from a physical standpoint of a phone because it's just a slab. Like as if you there's three buttons and you hold it in your hand. Okay, you know? but what? Yeah, and I know I you, there's just, the thunderfin screen. I might disagree with you on that. But, but okay, anyway, but a better example is something yeah. that has a lot more of a physical component. Like but what? then they've added a digital component. Let, tell me, like what? Like a like a refrigerator. I with knew a you were going to say refrigerator. Those are, I know, I know, they're terrible. A no, car, they are. a car they're is another good one. Digital refrigerators. They're terrible. car like car car software car, interfacing with physical car stuff. Car control. Oh, they're almost all very bad. They're Printer bad. software. Like printers bad. Pretty, it's pretty bad. Uh, um, microwave is often bad. Uh, if, well, uh, if they if they actually have a digital design with it, and yeah, I'm not talking uh, to like like the not not like a like a very they're not I'm not like the very simple like press the button and it works. Not like there's not a digital aspect to it, but where if you had like a screen with menus and layouts, yeah, and like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, washing machines. If they have a whole yes, screen. if they have the whole screen thing, yeah. yeah so. Um, so that seems to be where th- things are really, really bad, and I've noticed. And that's interesting this trend. because that's that's a space that seems to be growing. Exactly, exactly. Uh, every toasters have a screen, crockpots have a screen, toilets have a screen, cars have a screen. <laughs> Everything needs to have a screen, uh, and it all needs to connect. You know, light light switches have a screen. Well, they should, so none screen. of these things should have screens, in my opinion. But the screen is the, you know, it, it's, it's it's an interesting choice. It's an interesting choice yeah. because you can have a digital product that you interact with physically without a screen. Exactly, which is really interesting. But people, but I think a lot. That's of what companies- a thermostat is, by the way. A modern thermostat. It's all digital. There's a little chip in there that tells the the uh, the furnace turn on turn off. Yeah. Well, my ther- my thermostat <laughs> is is the is the has way too much digital, very poorly designed. Yeah. So it's yeah. And but you could have a thermostat you that was a hundred percent digital. I know. I've that used the them. only input is a knob. It's wonderful. I you and I you just turn the knob, and then I that's s- what the temperature was, is. I was staying at someone's house and house sitting for their pets not too long ago. And they had one of these new ones and it was a knob and it was like, so nice. It was like, Oh, why can't I have this in my house? Just turn it up. If you, and people might say, well, we, you know, to save energy, you need a schedule. 
You could have no, four no, knobs. You could put it, yeah, no, you can put a schedule in. And actually, actually, I also sometimes controlled it with an app on my phone and just pressed a button and that was fine too. But the whole thing was like so simple. I love just going up and going with the knob. But um, so yeah, anyways, no, so, yes. so yeah, so I think what you said is very important that there are sometimes you can have a digital product that has that connects uh, what's matter is that the home house yes. interconnect mm-hmm. protocol that mm-hmm. yeah, that has matter that's that's connected to the cloud that's doing all this complex stuff and it looks like and it's just a physical button right that the interface is purely analog or purely yes. physical and it's a digital product right um, another another uh, way to, to look at this would be um, you know switches you could have a light switch that was completely digital where you flip the light switch and all that does is it's relaying a radio signal to the central hub that turns the light on and it's, there's actually no wire between the two, you know, um, but it, you know, it's, it's acting like a, like a switch. So, yeah. So, so, so it's an important differentiation between things that are operated physically and things that are operated digitally and things that you interact with physically and things yes. that you interact with digital. Right, right, right. But you know, here but so here's an interesting problem or consideration. I mean, it's more expensive to create the knobs. It's not more. It's it, it so so I, this is where I this is where That's I agree what and I've disagree. Been told. Is this not true? Having knobs yeah. is more expensive. Right. But creating all the complex screens and flows for the screen is also really expensive. That's true. So, it, you know, uh, if, if the option is one small crappy screen versus a bunch of knobs on so, a device, it, right, it's so- maybe cheaper per, per product. But there's a difference between you know, a car so that has a hundred so knobs. Why, why? So do we then have all this digital control instead of physical control? Why do we have that? If it's not to save money, so, which is what okay. someone told me, is it just because we're all set up? Oh, I think software? it is. I think it is to save money, but they don't, they're not realizing the true cost. That it, that it costs them a lot of money. To, well, every three years they have to redesign the interface so that it because it was terrible the and they refactor. Uh, well, yeah, they have a new platform, platform and this thing. And, yeah, so like every couple of years they're spending a tremendous amount of capital redesigning new features. Okay, we've tacked, we've like added six other features that have been zombied on, and now we have to. But you okay, might we're need to centralize do that it even and, if you did. But it, you, I don't know. If it's a knob to, to turn a thermostat. You I'd... might not need to, you might still need to change the underlying programming every three years, but you wouldn't necessarily, if you have a knob, you don't have to change the interface. Yeah. And to make a good interface is hard. So here's my theory. And you can tell okay. me whether you agree or disagree. And this okay. is why I had that really long preamble. Okay. I think there are teams that you know, physical design teams, and I think they're still okay. I think there are digital design teams that are kind of okay. And the two are just very different. 
And if you ask them to work together, they can't because the digital design team does not, has lost the skills for designing in a physical space for doing user testing of products in a physical space. Like, like the idea of taking your product and, you know, like, like for example, there's, there's a, there's a, a UX methodology called a diary study. Yeah. Uh, in which, you know, people are recording their sort of thoughts and, and how the way they're using things sort of throughout the day or how they interact with it. No one does those. When was the last time in the real world someone was like, let's do a diary study? I can't, well, I can't they remember. Them, they, they're all, they, they just collect the data from the device. They're not, they just see how often did someone and, log in and how long did they stay on and they don't. They don't see like, okay, I walk, I get up from my chair, I walk over, I have to navigate around, I put my arm up. It's interesting that you say this because I had a, right before we we got on this podcast, I was having a conversation with a client who was telling me about the, the, you know, work he's doing and the help, he had ideas about how I might help with the research. And I said, well, if you really want to know about that, because this particular question he had, I said, really, what you need to do is, is you can't do an interview. You can have to observe them doing it. And he was like, what? <laughs> I said, you're going to have to observe <laughs> yeah. them do, going through the entire process. Yeah. You know? And he was like, oh. That, you know, that was like a, this. Oh, observe them using the product. Product, you what? know, like not not interview them on how it went. Not not just, just reading the 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 login data from no, the, but actually it, like observing the, them as they use the product. And, which is exactly and, so. So it's those skills that like okay, you were working at Gillette. I am sure that there was a team of people who were just watching guys shave. All the time, like, oh, where do you put the uh, razor yeah, in the cabinet? In where do you... No, I know you weren't working that, right? But I'm sure that there was someone figuring out, like they knew every part of the physical process, the way people picked it up, where they stored it, that how they put the little, you know, Probably. yeah, you know. So th- there, there was a long history and rich culture of observing people in a physical space and solving those challenges that people had in their actual day-to-day lives and for you know for example when you're using a screen the reality is it's so much more than just the screen because how you're using it where it is in a physical space like these things are actually all important to your you know like like if you're using a vending machine that's all digital like how you're navigating to it, where you're standing, like the context of stuff, it's all really important. And all of that other context is just gone now because people well, only test for on the screen. I know. And I think also, you know, about a year ago or so, we did a podcast about, um, I don't know exactly when it was, but we did an episode on how, you know, the pandemic had changed user research. And so there is, the and so... E- even though, you know, knock on wood, we're on the other side of the pandemic, uh, there is now, we, we seem to have gotten stuck in in habits uh, 
of doing, you know, it's like the, uh, if I talk to clients now about, okay, so let's go make a site visit. It's like, what? We have to go to where they work? And then, and then, you know, I've had people say to me, well, I don't know if we can do that because people, you know, they're not in, they're not working on the job site every day. They do some of the stuff they're still working at home or, or they're not used to interacting with people anymore, you know? So the idea that maybe we could show up and you mentioned the diary study, you know, a really powerful um, research technique that I haven't heard anyone talk about in a really long time is a day in the life study. Do you know yeah. about those? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, where you just go watch somebody the whole day or two or three days as they go about their work. And I should and, say that there are some people who do who come from more of an anthropology yes background. Like some of this stuff is still happening, but it's very rarely done it in corporate is settings. Much less. It used to be very rare. Common. If yeah. you were doing, there's academic research with no, that kind of stuff. No, but if you were stuff. doing, if you were a UX practitioner, yeah. it was very common. And I can't you, think of, I can't think of any of our clients. Even if that you weren't doing, doing research, if you were doing design, yeah, the first thing you'd do was go observe the people for either how they use the current product or even if there wasn't a current product, you just go observe them. Th this was jotting you know, in you, notebooks. You do a little bit of an interview and then you would, you would do a, some observation of the, you'd at least go visit the site and see where they had the post-it notes. That's, I'm sure some people are doing that, but I think it's much, much less. So yeah, this is, so my, I find it interesting because um, I am younger than you and are I have <laughs> probably more friends that are younger than you are. Probably. And there is a need to do some, for most people my age, to do something in a physical space. There seems to be a premium on things that happen in a physical space. Now that's not to say a lot of people don't spend a lot of time in digital spaces, but if you look at people's hobbies, a lot of them involve something physical remodeling a house, playing tabletop board games, uh, uh, you know, working on, you know, painting pottery. Like most people, most people my age who have, um, who do art as a hobby, not as a career, but as a, just, I just do this for fun on the for weekends. Fun, yeah. It's almost always a physical medium, sewing, okay. crocheting, painting. So know. are you saying they are, they are that people in their spare time, want to go do physical things at least a some a little bit they're hiking they're they're they're, they're yeah there's something um obviously even though people are spending more time in digital spaces probably than ever before and certainly more time yeah. working in physical spaces than ever before yeah. there's there's still a a market a premium a a strong demand for things that are happening in a physical space i think yeah but 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 and and most of our you know chores in life are physical spaces, yeah. dishes and cooking and you know cleaning you know cleaning out the gutters or you know whatever the whatever the thing. So there's a lot that we still have to do in a physical space, mm -hmm. and I worry that there ha 
because digi digital design and uh, digital products have been the sexy products for, I mean, even if maybe before the tech boom, people were doing uh, database stuff or, or digital design, I feel like it wasn't until the, um, you know, the 90s uh, and then sort of the tech bubble when it was the digital products that were the cool, sexy products. And the physical products were the boring, old, antiquated mm -hmm. products. Mm -hmm. And that in the United States, that I think was sort of double, doubly compounded by the fact that um, right at that time period, you also had tons of outsourcing of uh, creation of products to China and, and other sort of, you know, other places in the world. So, so like a chair, you know, a couch, that's not going to be made in America. You're going to, that's made in some factory in China. And that's not like a, a like it's not like, like designing a couch for most people. I know there are designer couches and, and you know, fabric, whatever. But, you know, for most people, they just go on Wayfair.com and buy a couch that was made in China, designed by someone. But but the the cool, hot, trendy IPOs, like there like there weren't any, you know, like IPOs of like it's the hot new company and they design couches, you know? It was yeah. always it's always uh, all the hot new companies, most of them, tech, screens, screens, right. tech, computers. Yep. So there's been it's been it's been that way for so long that I wonder if there are there are people who can still who who can do or have the skills who can do really cool innovative design and for the physical space and so they can help bridge that gap between doing good digital design and good physical design cuz i don't know have you, if you've ever used a product recently that actually does a really good job with digital design in a physical space it's really really cool um and and there are you know there are a couple Kickstarter examples where there's like like you know like a piece of wood that sort of displays things in waves and you interact with the wood and move it around right. and like it's like when it's done well it's really really cool um, but I worry that the field cannot can no longer do those things well that those skills are gone we took them for granted and that's why. All the digital design and physical space is terrible, is because the, the 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 people and the skills and the teams and the knowledge to do design in a physical space doesn't exist anymore. Now I'm sad. Well, think of it as an opportunity. What do we do? Well, the well, the, there has you know, to be money. In it, it's interesting. It has to be you sexy know, again, and the like I, buttons in cars. Maybe it will. When I was teaching, um, when I was teaching at University of Wisconsin, and I would teach one of the courses I taught was a, a, a UX methods course, which might sound boring to some, but and and we covered. We did. We did. Uh, there were these modules, so we would do a user-centered design module, we would do an agile module, we would do design thinking module, and we did a lean module, okay? So the user-centered design and the lean, I tended to use 
digital products as the case study. But for the agile and the design thinking, I used physical products. So they mm-hmm. had a design, a physical product for those two modules. And, um, you know, so that, uh, so we were covering some of this, the physical product design type work, right? Which, which for the students, and these were undergraduates in uh, computer science, you know, it kind of UX computer science degree. And they were not used to designing physical products. <laughs> like they were like, you want us to design what? And they got to make up their own. Well, in, for the agile, I gave them a case study. Do you remember that one? I think you helped me with that one. Oh, I. They had a design. What was the name of the thing? A tray. Tray. The the uh, the the slingshot. The big. Oh, trebuchet. Trebuchet. Yes, the 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 superior, uh, French, uh, siege weapon. Yeah, it was from like. It was from France from the, what, 1500s yes, it's, it's, or something? it's much better than the catapult. Yeah, it, like a catapult. But anyway, that's what we had them design. They, they loved, they loved that project. And then for the design thinking, they got to decide on a physical product to design. But anyway, so they, they enjoyed the physical product design, but it was totally new to them. You the idea that you would design a physical product. 30... You follow a process, you do it as a team, you know, all the, so I understand what you're saying. Um, and I think you've got, you know, there, there, it's a probably a generational thing where the people who were trained in physical design and did it for many years are probably retired or close to retiring, you know, and I don't know. And, and I, like I said, there are, there are places you can still learn this and I'm sure that there's still people doing it but it's probably a pretty small number yeah. of people and 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 I think you really you are what you eat you know back when you were starting out with companies who had designers who had never designed for a digital space ever yeah. and then they made a piece of software I mean, I you know, some of those ni- pieces, the websites in the '90s and the 2000s that were garbage because they just they had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, they didn't whatsoever. Have a design background, even just the most basic understanding. And you have designers who, when it comes to designing in physical space, have no idea what they're right. doing at all. They would not know none, how to do it. none, and it's. And what's really interesting is I feel most of the industrial, most, again, yeah, it's mostly in the industrial di- design space. It's like yeah. engineers, um, you know, uh, you know, people who are 3D printing things, kind of that sort of, they're coming from that yeah. sort of nerdy side, not coming from the, I mean, not to say that there aren't UXers who are 3D printing things, but it's much more common for a lot of UXers to come from the more visually creative side, from the arts, from, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, graphic design, um, you know, maybe, maybe programming as well, but, uh, probably not, you know, soldering motherboards together, you know, and making, you know, robotics or something. Um, 
So it yeah. really is, you know, it's really quite separated. I was just looking this morning at a, a, a training curriculum on digital design. Yeah. And it was this course on digital design, and I was looking through it. And I, and I was thinking to myself, actually, and I didn't know that you were going to pick this topic, but I was thinking, so just happenstance that I was doing this this morning. But I was thinking to myself, how what do they think digital design is? What Like, what's in this course? Like, what do they think is important? And and it was like, okay, that's missing huge, <laughs> that's missing huge chunks of knowledge because yeah. there really wasn't anything about humans or how they think or, you know, it was like this, this narrow field had some visual design in it, had a few UX principles, not really well described. And, and so, you know, it was like, oh, and so, and this was a, you know, I think a well-known person and, 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 you know, so, so you're right. I think this, this, well, regardless of the training, pardon, let's just forget, I under, forget the academic training. Yeah. I I went to law school and the lots of stuff they didn't teach me. That's okay. But, but what, but, but teams that are working on stuff in yeah. companies are just missing out on all these opportunities they because they're not thinking of things in a physical way. So physical I'll give you an way. example. Okay. We have a microphone. I'm using a, a new microphone. Yeah. Um, not this mic. Cause this is, this is why I bought this mic. Yeah. But there are other brands of mics that come with software. So there's the microphone, which is a physical thing, and there's like a software suite where you can change levels and do yeah. this stuff. They're almost all terrible. Almost yeah. all of them the, are the interfaces. You mean they're buggy? You got to log yeah. in or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. they, oh, we do, the device isn't found, and right, right, you, right. now it's the wrong output, and it's complicated. Blah blah. blah. Um. So there. Again, another another more physical products that just they can't you know it's the digital design's fine the physical products fine and they just can't mesh together can't bring it together but but if you're only thinking in one dimension physical or digital you're missing out on some really cool synergies so for example imagine a microphone design that has a software suite that actually works and the software suite would tell you you know so you talk. And the software suite tells you exactly where to p- position the mic. Hey, yeah. you need it. You need it two yeah, inches bring closer. It, bring it to your closer, face. Lift Move it, it up. away. Right. You know, like in this particular situation, you know, you're too close, or you know, if you want to be this close, turn the bass down. Like there are really cool yeah. interactions that you could do that actually would help the user. Like, really what's help. the biggest problem when you're using a your new microphone? Yeah, the, the levels are wrong. It's too loud or it's too soft. You're too close. You're too far away. And that's a design challenge that if that you can only solve if you have experience in digital and physical yeah, design. And and it's just all these opportunities that I happen, mean, vid- even with video, products that are video recording. Video, webcams. Right? Webcams. Webcams. webcams yeah. Really another one. I mean, another whole area that you and I both work in, um, or not work in, but but play in is, you know, the whole music. And music recording and you know which involves microphones and software and uh 
uh, mo- think of a monitor. So a monitor, one of the most digital devices really that you can have, because I mean, it is a physical product, but all it's doing is it's just showing digital stuff. Yeah. You know, why does every monitor not come with a light sensor and a simple button where you can adjust yeah. so that when it's when it's really bright outside it brightens the screen by you know whatever you know yeah. low medium yeah. or high knows what to do and if it's really dark my you know, like at night my eyes are not glazed by like the light yeah. of the sun just like I know. you know searing me oh speaking of which could we please please have a laptop screen that I can use outside in the summer. <laughs> Could we please? Oh, hey! In fairness, in fairness, uh, if they, they they exist and they're called uh, yeah, not on my unfortunately laptop. they're called MacBooks Pros. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, the Mac the MacBook Pros are pretty good out in there. All right, anyone well, who's got after, a, a new Mac offline, Pro offline, you and MacBook I are going to have to talk about getting me a new laptop because in, I want to sit outside in the summer. So so this is this is a. A uh, very nerdy conversation. Uh, <laughs> your laptop screen probably tops out at three hundred, maybe three fifty nits of brightness. Yeah, I have no idea what. And you're you and about. in in the sun, you need four hundred, four fifty, five hundred would be better in in sunlight to see the screen. And uh, depending on if you're watching HDR content or something, um, you know, really right, have, like a cell phone, like a new cell phone can go way. up to a thousand, just a little bit, but it's much smaller screen. Anyways, yeah. Okay. So, yes. So, so I just, I worry, I worry that um, we are in for a future of really terrible physical design. Oh, you're making me really sad, Guthrie. Unless, unless yeah. there is a market for good physical design well, where stuff right, just, so- now here's, here's the good news. What? People seem to really, really like well-designed physical products. Yeah, and are willing to pay a premium, right? And because Apple that- owns the market because that is what they're good at: is digital and physical design together in a device. Uh, Sony, I have these really nice pair of Sony wireless headphones. They're really well designed. The physical design on them is great. Mer- like paired with like the software, the software's not great, but the software on the actual you know, devices is good. Like if I want to pause things, it's like a little double tap on the side. Yeah. And it pauses all always. It just always works. It's fantastic. So, and that's an expensive product, you know, but I think people are willing to pay a premium for well-designed physical products. And I think companies are starting to figure this out, especially Mm -hmm. with some of the AR, you know, augmented reality stuff that they want to implement. Like you, th- these are just things that you're going to have to figure out. So, um, so yeah, I'm not sure I did a great job succinctly describing all of my thoughts, but I they are complicated. There. You got there. <laughs> like, you're all right. Like, I got, you got there. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, Rogers, Rogers and Ebert, uh, two thumbs up. The you got there in the end. <laughs> Hey, so this it's an interesting topic. I appreciate you bringing it up and 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 I guess we have to look to the expensive luxury markets to to move us forward and then maybe it'll maybe it'll uh trickle down from there. I don't know. It's a re- really good point. Uh the only other success 
is like when people actually spend money and it's really important that it work, there are successes. Yeah. So the second one is going to be the USB-C cable. Okay. Where they really, because they had the USB-A is that like, what side is it? Yeah, you can never yeah, get it to plug yeah, yeah. in. And they're like, okay, let's just reinvent this physical connector for a digital yeah, product. And make life easier. And they just, they nailed it. You know, like you just, yeah. does it, it's omnidirectional. You just plug it in, it works. Of course, that's not really digital. That's just really, really good industrial design. Right. You know, right. so. Um, oh, hey, look at this. Uh, some Someone says that my examples were good. So. Yay. Uh, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, All right. Okay. Well, got three. Thank you so much for this conversation. Yes, yes. Uh, thank, thanks for having it. Um, we we were on a bit of a break. I think next week we will also be off uh, recording. I think, um, but otherwise, other than that, we will uh, we we'll continue back on. Yeah, we'll continue to record regularly, and uh, yeah. and uh, we hope uh, hope to hear from you, and uh, we'll uh, I, I will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Catherine. Bye. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.